Hello and welcome to Over the Podcast. I'm Aidan Gobride. And I'm Andrew Ritchie. Let's dive into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Over the Podcast. Yes, we're back after a very short break. Our plan for now is to have an episode uh, published every two weeks. Yeah, we're just, it gives us a little bit more to talk about and also we just I think we needed a wee break. Um, you know, we, we got we got a couple of things done and out of the way we've been busy. Um, and a lot has actually been happening, so let's not waste any time, Andrew, and we'll just uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Hi, right, okay, so we'll start with... Um, we'll have a bit of a conversation Andrew because me and you actually haven't really spoke that much in the last I've been really busy I think you've been pretty busy too we've just not really had a minute's peace to actually catch up and see how how each of us are doing uh have you been you've been up too much Uh, we started hill walking I climbed two hills um very proud of my achievement um not proud of the surroundings when I got up to the hill I climbed it the most foggiest days that I think Scotland's had this year so when you yeah. got up to the top it took me about an hour to get up to the top of one to look uh, literally about 10 foot in front of me and that's all I could see with the fog and that wasn't ideal just more yeah. gardening and stuff like that I mean to, to, to clarify to clarify this day that you chose to walk up the hill I remember that was probably the only time we talked last week so I had an idea to do there's a popular kind of hill walk not far away from well it's not actually that far away um it's called Tinto hill and we had an idea to obviously socially distancing but we had an idea to maybe uh hike up that just to do something a bit different get away from musical bride um but you know i just i'm a nightmare at organizing things and it never really went to plan plus the weather kind of wasn't good that day and andrew decided to still climb up it earlier in the week and it was just like he couldn't see anything when he got to the top and he sent me a Snapchat and I went, that just isn't worth it. No, it was it was worth it just to get a bit of fresh air and stuff like that. A bit of change of scenery from what I could see. But mm-hmm. you can go Well, I've been running up. I've been running up. Obviously, this is like not a lot of people will be able to understand this maybe if they don't live where we live. But I've been doing a lot of my runs up White Lee area, Andrew. I've been kind of mm-hmm. just... Uh, Running's been going pretty well last couple of weeks, so I, I ran up White Lee today and it was absolutely brilliant. It's just the views you get up there with, with all the wind turbines are pretty cool. So have you been running against the wind or the wind behind? It you? was a bit windy today. It was a bit windy today. Just need to direction, mate. You'll be flying through. It. Yeah, so I'll give you a wee update on me and how stressful my week's been, Andrew. You ready? Go for it. Okay, so we all know that I go to the universe, uh, uh, University of Mount Ov in the United States, and uh, they've obviously came to us, and they're like, right, time to start talking about what's happening come August, which is when I normally go back, and um, they still are expecting us back on the 22nd of August, and uh, and as far as I was, concern- I was concerned, everyone was fine. So like, I started looking into booking my flights now because uh, the longer I actually let, let it go, um, the more expensive it will get. And, you know, they, they've adjusted the academic calendar this year to uh, some way of preventing the spread of the virus. It's all a bit, a bit strange. But um, the, the, the long and gist of it is I was like ready to click the button to book my flights. And I, I've, I've been notified by several people that that a right now the UK still is on the list of countries that the US isn't allowing 
into their country. So like I can't actually fly in there. Um as it stands right now. Now obviously that might change come August time. So you still are allowed to book the flight, but you are running that risk that if it doesn't get lifted, I I, I can't really I mean I'm up it's creek without a paddle. <laughs> so um, well, you could sail. You could just get a wee boat. Just a wee boat over. I but then then the second thing that I realised is we'll see people that are coming into uh, the the UK and the European countries. Andrew, you'll know that they're self isolating for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So then I was like, wait, hang on, do I need to do that when I get back to the states? Because if that's the case, then I could be in a real situation. Because then I would have to live in a hotel for two weeks and not leave the room next to the um you know the, the airport which i don't actually know that area very well as well i'm st- I'm about an hour and a half away from the airport my university so how would i get food up to, i would have to use food, food service the entire it's, it's it's crazy so i i we've booked the flights but we've booked it under this kind of smart ticket option me and my family did it today and basically it's called a flexible ticket and it's only kind of going the now during covid so basically if I have to change the flight, I can, but it's been just ridiculously uh, stressful. Didn't expect it to be like this, but um, oh, just it's a nightmare, man. I can't even can't even begin to tell you how irritating it's been. That's what happens when you have Bojo and Trump. Uh, it's not, but it's not helping that uh, Trump is acting like everyone's okay. Um, that they've beaten the virus when there's still people dying. <laughs> but you know, uh, listen, that is the way the way the world is the way it is. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's been going on behind the scenes. That's why I've actually been kind of busy because I've been looking into that. Um, I've been watching a couple of Netflix things. Andrew, you watched been watching anything? You've just been oh, keeping away from that. What Netflix flex things have I been watching? I've watched a couple of things, but I can't remember what they're called. Oh, there's a, thing, there's a thing called Strong. I've been watching that. Strong. It's on Netflix. It's about personal training and like it's in America, so everything's like pure, over the top, dead hype. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so that's it's actually quite good. It's quite motivating as well. Um, what? I don't know what else. See, I watch things and then I forget the name of them. I tell you what. I tell you what. I that I've ever watched that, and then it turns out that I have watched that. I've done that before. I've done that before where like, I see a show and I'm like, that, that looks like something I'd like and I start watching it and I go, I've definitely seen this before. Mm. Um, I think I that's mean, just how much is on Netflix. So. I was, that's the thing, World War Two in colour. Cracking. <laughs> World War Two in colour. Like you're like an old man. <laughs> Sometimes I just run the bath, put a wee bath bomb in and just watch that. Oh my God. Right, well, I watched uh, the Michael Jordan documentary this week. Is that Absolutely good? quality, quality, really good. Because you get all these behind-the-scenes things that like, that, like, really show you like what it was like to be on the team with them, and also what it was like to be in that Chicago Bulls team. I mean, my dad knows absolutely nothing about basketball, and he watched it with me, and he is thoroughly enjoying it. He's not finished it yet, but he's thoroughly enjoying it. Um so I highly recommend that to you and anybody listening. Uh, really, really good. Um, I also finished, completed 13 Reasons Why. Um, one of my kind of favourite shows it did go a bit downhill after season two. And season four, I mean, listen, it, the only thing that I'll say, it was a satisfying ending, but it was just kind of one of those things where 
I didn't feel like there was a real storyline like throughout this. Um, maybe they talked about a bit active shooting uh, shooting situations. Uh, they talked about uh, severe anxiety and panic attack kind of situations and. Uh, and that again that's what the show is about it's about addressing things that were maybe too difficult to address in the past and and tv shows and stuff so you know it really hits hits you hard um you know me and me and andrew do like you know talking a lot about about mental health and stuff and that's why i like the show a lot because it really it touches on subjects years ago andrew i mean you you, if if they taught if they showed some of the stuff they've showed in that show years ago it would have been cancelled yeah so yeah I think it's just becoming like no one really knew what depression was like five, six yeah. years ago and it's just came up all of a sudden and it's a good thing that's coming up because it is I a, mean, yeah. a massive issue that we need to address. I mean, some some of the, the topics that they address in this show in the course of four seasons is like ridiculous. The, um, school shootings, uh, rape, suicide bullying like that, that, that leads to suicide stuff like that i mean that's that's hard hitting stuff that, that it's coming from it's like a teen drama like to be honest that's exactly what it is um but it was a satisfying ending in terms of being a watcher of the show it was a satisfying ending but it just wasn't it never really got off the ground again after season two um the one thing i did like andrew and and this is something that i've actually i think i've spoke to you about it in the past um they done a full episode on basically the school that they go to had a like a very very real life active shooting situation where they it was it was still a drill but they tried to make it as real as possible for the you know the pupils and the students in the school and I know from being over there like we are prepared for active shooting situations at my university and it always scares me it scares my mum and all that that this is still that's a big thing and as we know that's an issue in america too but it was that was that was the best episode in, in the whole uh in the whole of season four um because just the topic that it addressed but uh I, i'd like to get your thoughts quickly on that before we move on to the general news andrew so I've, i i actually haven't watched this um at all um I don't know why, but the way you're speaking about it, it does seem like it's quite a good thing to be watching. Um, so how do you plan? How does, like, America plan for this? Because I didn't actually know that you had, like, like a plan um, and stuff like that, like, like drills and like stuff once like that. A, so, like, once a semester, it's not necessarily... We don't do a drill. I think mainly, like, high schools and stuff do drills because generally that is... I say generally, but generally that's where, unfortunately, all these tragedies happen. Um... But we are basically, once a semester, we have a day where one of our classes will go over what we have to do in the situation of an active shooter. Uh, So, like, for instance, if I was, if I was, like, um, say, in the photography studio developing some pictures, if I knew that there was an active shooter on campus, what I would do is I would get myself into a room and I would barricade the room until I know it's safe to come out Um, and, 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 Basically, their their idea is that if they can limit the amount of running around, they can limit the amount of casualties because, like, you know, human instinct as a shooter, Andrew, you're going to run. Like, yeah. you aren't actually you're going to run. So they they're trying in a way try to go against human instinct. You just get down low, safe, barricade wherever you're in until it's uh, you know safe to come out. But um, it's sad. It, it needs to be done. Uh, it's. I think it's probably worse for high school and you know elementary kind of schools in the states. But um, 
you know, once a semester we'll go over what the protocols are if there's an active shooter. Uh, luckily, my campus is quite spaced out, so the buildings are quite spaced out. And, you know, I, I don't think I'd ever feel unsafe, but, um, you know, it is something that, you know, that unfortunately we have to go over. But uh, I don't think I've ever told you that, actually. That they no, do that once a semester. No, it's quite frightening as well, like, as you say, like elementary yeah, schools and stuff like that. Like, you're trying to explain to a six, five, six-year-old, like, this is what we need to do in case anybody comes in and stuff like that. It's, that must be petrifying for not only the parents, but that young child as yeah. well, just... The fact that this is a bit and like and and like whenever I'm asked about it in the in states, a lot of the time they ask the international students their perspective on it, and this is where you have to obviously, like I've said, be very careful in what you say about guns, and you just need to n- read the room, understand that there's some people that you know feel quite passionate that that guns should be it's a freedom uh, and it's in their amendments, their right to bear arms, but that's where you have to just be careful in what you say. So what when in those situations, what I normally say. Um, I said being from Scotland uh, about, I can't actually remember how long the Dunblane thing, I think it was 20 years ago 20 years ago there was a tragedy in Dunblane in Scotland in a primary school in Scotland and um, there was a school shooting and after that Andrew I can't call the time of anything ever happening and that's because we 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 made our rules stricter on guns and you know I, I just, that's what I try to tell people out there, like I'm not trying to say you don't. The, the, I think you should get rid of guns. I mean, I mean that. I, my opinion is that, that you know, if, without the guns, there would be less of an issue. That is just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to push it in people's faces, but like I think at the end of the day, uh, for me, there's a correlation. If there's more guns, there's more of a chance of people in a bad state of mind being able to actually um, commit these atrocities. But you know, Scotland's strict uh, became really strict to their rules after that and there hasn't been anything since Australia completely got rid of their guns and since then they haven't had a mass shooting at all uh, and they're a country very similar to the US so <coughs> so yeah I mean so you remember Dumbledore don't you Andrew? Yeah I've got a quick question for you so if you were to like obviously you're in between the countries and now America yeah. and Scotland um, so if you were to actually move to America what would you and you settled down there and stuff like that, what would you do? Would you keep a gun on you or would you have one in your house or would you just leave it? Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm staunchly against guns. Uh, I, I went to a shooting range once, just like an actual, just a shooting range, because like, listen, it, I thought it'd be cool to actually be able to say fire the gun. Um, and it was weird, Andrew. I don't want to sound like a, a, a kind of like one of these kind of like Greenpeace kind of like kind of like uh, PC kind of people. But like, see, when I picked up the gun, I didn't like it. I didn't like holding it because for me, I was holding something that is designed to kill. Yeah. There's no other purpose for a gun other than a ki- to, to kill. Uh, so for, for me, when I was holding it, I was like, I don't actually want to shoot this, and I never shot it. Um, a couple of my US friends, they they shot. Uh, the the the, um, the guns at the range and, and it, listen it looked fun but like I just didn't like holding it me personally it would be one of those situations like if I lived there permanently uh, I don't know if over time I would change my mind but like the amount of people that you know that just have a gun just for safety I mean man I have a baseball bat in my room so I don't know about you but that's what I have like if somebody breaks into my house but like would I use it I don't even know if I'd use a baseball bat so I don't think I would want to own a gun, but like being in that environment, I guess sometimes 
you just go along with what other people are doing, which is kind of sad. Um, you know, that kind of age-old thing that Americans say that a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun, uh, which I don't really believe, but I think that's a lot of what they go, you know? Yeah, because in that, in, that, in that context that you've just said, you might be a good guy, but you've just shot... You just took a life of somebody else, and that person exactly. must have a family, kids. You never know the background story, so I don't yep. understand. I don't know. I don't personally. I don't know how I feel about it as well. To yeah, be I mean, I, I I wouldn't want to own one, which is why I, why there's there's several things about. Listen, I've loved my time in the states. As as the last point I'll make, I've loved my time in the states, um, and I've made experiences and met people that uh, that. I've changed my views on things. There are certain things I just that are set in stone in me. It's the way I am, and it's what I believe in, and that is one of the things. Um, uh, and I just there's parts of America that I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live there permanently. I think it's a place that I could easily go back and forth between, like I do the now. But I don't think I could live there on a permanent basis because culture-wise, it, it can be very different. Um, like we've spoke about a couple of times on on, on this podcast, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of how I would kind of cap it off. That I don't, I wouldn't want to live there permanently anyway, so I don't I wouldn't need a gun. I don't think, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a great believer in guns. Anyway, well, that was quite a hard hitting topic to start off. Um, where we'll actually move on to the general news section, Andrew. So, in the general news, Andrew, unfortunately, oh God, at this point, you know, it's, it's actually getting quite depressing. Um, we did take that two weeks break. Obviously, a lot has happened in those two weeks, Andrew. You know, Black Lives Matter, um, the protests all over the world following what happened, obviously, with George Floyd. And, and you know, it's it has been very powerful. I don't know about you, man, but, like, I just think this, it seems very... I, I really hope that I'm right. But it just seems very different this time. Like I've never seen the world respond in the way that it has. What 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 are your thoughts on it? You know, and what's happened the last two weeks? It's the fact that it's um, became like a worldwide problem now, um, and it's not just America. Obviously, there's been black lives been taken in the past uh, with police and stuff like that. But the fact that we're now facing two in the matter of what a month, um, as we've said on this before, that it's never going to happen overnight. But you would just think that police officers would be a wee bit more conscious of what's been going on in the past and the movement that's occurred before we'll talk on it. Um, what is it, last week it was? Um, it's the fact that they're quite close together and it just looks like nothing's changed, um, even with all the protests that have just, not in America, but just all over the world as well. Yeah, I guess I guess my just my disappointment, the only disappointment I've really had is, is just how governments uh, have kind of responded. Um, uh, the US is just it's deplorable. I don't really want to go into it. I don't really want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about the way that they're responding to it and the way that they're treating the movement. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think that it needs to keep getting pushed. You know, we'll talk a bit about in the sports news on and how, you know, sports have kind of got involved, which is great. I think everything needs to get involved. This is something that, as you said, you know, it's not going to go away overnight. This is something that you need to keep pushing in the faces of people. And listen, my dad is absolutely supportive of it, but even... You know, I, I tried to talk to him about it. He was kind of, he turned on the news and he was like, oh, it's this again. Not in a bad way, but like it is always on the news. And I tried to explain to him, he was like, dad, 
in order for change to really happen, this is honestly in a way needs to keep getting pushed. And, you know, it's really, I think this whole situation has opened the eyes to so many people, you know, and companies and businesses that were involved in slave trade that are now feel they have to give money to Black Lives Matter and stuff. And, and the amount, the amount that has really this been sparked by this, I mean, the, the racism on immigration here in the UK and just all over the world, how that we've just seemed to have responded to this one incident that took place although this incident happens all the time it was just the way in which it happened on film and on social media that's blew it up and I'm, I'm glad in a way that that you know it's still getting talked about um but unfortunately andrew uh, it was in atlanta georgia uh, atlanta georgia has a very high uh, african-american population uh, an african-american man by the name of richard brooks which by the way fantastic name uh, he's 20, 27 years old. He had been he'd failed a sobriety test, so basically to check, obviously, Andrew, if you're if you're sober, on June 12th, uh, he was found to be asleep inside of his car, and it was kind of the car was kind of blocking a drive-through at a Wendy's. Like, so yeah, okay, he shouldn't have been there, and he certainly shouldn't have been um, uh, drinking. Um, the police officer pulled over his vehicle. Um, you could tell that he was drunk when he got out. Um, and uh, basically, the district attorney has now described the incident. So uh, for over 40 minutes, it was 40 minutes in length, Andrew, the video, shows him, like like very much what happened with George Floyd, complying with the officers. Um, he consented to, to a weapons search and provided them with identification, despite being drunk, by the way, because a lot of people can react in different ways when they're drunk. But the officers then tried to handcuff him. At that point, he began to kind of struggle a little bit. A struggle ensued, and the footage then showed Brooks, basically the man that they were trying to handcuff, uh, punching the police officer, which, yes, okay, completely out of order, but, you know, he was a bit distressed about getting handcuffed and stuff, not trying to justify it. Um, another police officer, I think, is Bronson. So this was uh, police officer Rolf and Bronson. Um, their stun gun was turned, and basically, while fleeing... Mr. Uh, Rolfs um, uh, turned and shot Mr. Brooks. So the uh, um, for Brooks was running away from the police officers, and two gunshots to the back. It caused or organ and uh, injuries and blood loss, and he he has now died. He, as a result of this, he died. Um, the police officer, Garrett Rolfe, who had already been fired, he actually now faces 11 charges related um, to his uh, Rayshard Brooks' death. If conducted, he could face a death penalty, which, you know, that's the first time I've, I've used that. Um, but what, what, what's your take on that? The very fact that, like, all this is going on in the background, all these protests, all these trying to get change to happen. Obviously, like we said, it's not going to happen overnight. But then this is still going on. And you just have to wonder, Andrew, how often is this happening and just getting swept under the rug? Yeah, so I don't understand it. So the officer got his, we call it a taser here. I take yeah. it that's what a stun gun is back there. Yeah, right. yeah, stun gun. So if the police officer grabbed his stun gun and then yeah. wanted and was trying to use it on him, what was the sudden urge to, wait a so, minute, this isn't going to work? So I think I might have described it a bit poorly so in this instance it's a little bit different to George Floyd in the sense that that Brooks was he was drunk he was a uh, he, he was in distress about being handcuffed and while being handcuffed he punched the police officer and then 
reached for another police officer's stun gun. So it was the um, uh, Rayshard Brooks that actually reached for the stun gun, which isn't, isn't justified. He didn't obviously end up getting the, the stun gun. He turned then to try and run. And while he was running away, he was shot twice in the back. Now, I, I really, again, I just, I don't, I don't want to, I, I feel, what I do feel throughout this, Andrew, and I, I hope you can agree with me a little bit, I'm not trying to in any way put some sort of um, defence against police officers that uh, obviously feel a, that they have the right to do stuff like this. Because I don't feel like they're all like this, Andrew. I don't think they're all like this, and, and I feel like a lot of the police are taking a lot of heat. Um and and rightfully so in the sense that you know what has happened is a direct result of the police but I, this is this is a problem with you know how they're raised i don't know if this is necessarily to do with how they're uh, you know trained man i don't know man i just feel like they're not all like this you know um obviously this is a police is something that i've obviously police officers and stuff like that, that's what I'm trying to get into and stuff like that, so I know for a fact that if I wouldn't want a gun if I, if they were to give me a gun I would just turn around and go like that, no I don't want it um, because I don't think why, if in this situation we'll use this situation for an example, right, if I was in this situation and there was a guy running away from me, I wouldn't pull if I have, if he has my, his back to me why would I, he's not running towards me, he's not coming at me, he's not coming at me with a knife a gun or anything like that, he's actually running away from me increasing the gap between me and him and and again maybe a retaliation so I don't understand why if he's running away from you you know his details, you know where he lives he's probably going to end up there at Mm. some point, go to his house check, he's going to probably be in one of the houses, he might be in a family member's house, stuff like that, there is no reason why he should be shot in the back and if the only reason why I think that the guns, tasers, CS spray that we use, batons and all that is if they should only be used if the attacker is coming to hit me and yeah. will affect some sort of injury to my life. But mm. the fact that he's running away from it, I just don't understand why in America they have this kind of shoot-to-kill policy. Pretty much, yeah. that's, all, that's all they've got, right? But and I think it's it's a judge it's a judgment call as well. For, for some reason, this police officer felt that that this was the right course of action. And I don't know, with everything that's going on as well, Andrew, with everything that's been going on over the last couple of weeks, at what point did this police officer did did he not think for a second and go, this is a really bad idea? Now, obviously, in those situations, you know that that you know adrenaline's in the head and stuff, and maybe he wasn't thinking. But it, police officers can't; they're not the kind of um, uh, jobs that they can afford to have an off day. They, they, well, no. They've probably thought that he's probably went through his gun and shot shot the gun because that's what they do. That's him day in, day out. He will at least touch that gun about five, maybe six times a shift. Mm. That's, that's his gut reaction. He doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know other equipment that he's got. He just knows that he's got a gun there and he can just go for it. And that's yeah, the whole and- American police... For me, I don't understand why mm. it's time that they actually address these gun laws and yeah. just get rid of them. Because it's how many lives do they need to take before it actually? And, and honestly, man, I, I can promise you. See, from living over there and just breathing in the atmosphere and the culture, uh, that 
it's just not going to change. It's not going. I really thoroughly, genuinely believe that the gun laws will never be changed. I, I just, just from being over there for a couple of years, you, you get the sense of how much it means to people. And I just, I don't think no matter how many people are lost, that will ever change. And what I um, read the other day, Andrew, it was actually a quote from uh, the comedian Chris Rock. He was, um, and he'd done it in a joking way, but it was very powerful in what he actually said. And it was, I think it was like years and years and years ago. He said that police officers is a type of job that you can't afford to have a bad day. Um, He said he related it to, say, a pilot of an airline. He can't afford to have an off day and crash the plane. There's certain jobs that you have to be on, make the right calls every day. And I just, I feel like there, that there is a problem. And, and hopefully that, that will be addressed at least. Um, but, you know, it's just really <clears throat> sad that we're, we're, we find ourselves in this situation again. But you've, I'm going to take it from like a police officer's perspective. You've got to understand that the things that they see the things they have to deal with. They are in Scotland where the police officers in our area, there's budget cuts after budget cuts. There's, there's loss of officers. They're working twice as hard, if not three times as hard as they used to do back in the 80s, 90s, stuff like that. So it's the principle of that a police officer has to go to like a kidnapping or something like that. The kids, the, the person's died or something like that, a murder and stuff like that. They have to see the body, they have to go tell their families. They're obviously, they've, police isn't an easy job. And they've seen stuff that they don't probably want to see. And the amount of men, police officers that will probably have mental health issues later on in life for the things that they've seen. Not that I'm trying to justify that police officers just should go out shooting their guns willy nilly and that should be fine. But it's the fact that you need to take it from a perspective of a police officer. The things they do and the people that they protect and their minds must be muddled up. They must think that everything's... They they might go into work feeling absolutely amazing and then the first call they go is um, a suicide and the guy jumps. That could take what, a month, maybe more than a year and they think back to say wait a minute, what should I have done differently? So, you, as much as I don't think that, in this case, the American two shootings and stuff like that, that is justified, but you've got to think that they've seen stuff as well that they've probably never imagined to have seen. Yeah, no, it's definitely a very interesting uh, and hotly debated topic that will continue probably to go on for a number of um a number of months, I think, if I'm honest with you, I really just, I feel like this has momentum that isn't going to change. Um, but uh, we're going to move on uh, now uh, to the sports news. So this week's um, sports news is, again, just highlighting key things that have happened throughout the past two weeks. Obviously, yesterday, um, when we were recording this, uh, football um, returned. Back, which was a good thing. Um, watch both games. <laughs> First game, absolute whitewash. That is the most boringest game ever. Yeah. Even like, Sky Sports have put on this thing that you can you can change the audio. Yeah, you can either listen yes. to the players talk, <laughs> or you can listen to, like a fan tape thing. Right, and see watching the Aston Villa game. We both like even with the audio and the crowd shouting and stuff like that. Boring, absolute boring. I'd rather watch paint dry. Man City game perked me up a wee bit more. I don't I know. That. Man, no, I'm, 
Mate, I'm sorry. I watched contested game in the first forty-five minutes. Mate, no, listen. I watched the both of the games. That was the most boring three-nil game I've ever watched. That was no. so boring. And and do you know what it, what the problem was? It was a combination of reasons. The atmosphere thing that you talked about. They had two separate channels going. Sky Sports had two separate channels going. They had one channel, as you said, that had just the players, which sounded like watching a su- Sunday League game, which was just weird. And then the second one obviously had like these weird football chants every now and then. And then for one, there was one point, I think in the first game, I think it was the Villa and United game, where basically there was almost a goal um, and the, the, the chant started as if there was a goal. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, no. Um, but see, the thing is, right, what I don't understand is, right, Sky must be paying a lot of money for this because there must be a guy sitting here every night yes. with just like a wee, a wee board and it says, boo, clap, cheer, goal, yay, offside, poor decision, red card, yellow card. And he must sit there and go, watch this game and go like that. What button will I press next? What button will I press next? Uh, we'll, we'll go for the go- we'll go for that one, right? But see, the thing is, it's like a five-second delay, so Aguero could have a shot and it goes off target, and he and it's already in the stands. The guy's starting to take the corner, and then it'll go, oh, like a sigh. It's just bizarre. What? It was happen? very weird. The, both of the games were incredibly weird to watch, but I think we're just going to have to deal with that. The now, at least it's back. Um, what I will say. I don't know if you watched, right, obviously they're still, like, we talked about it when the German League came back, and remember you talking about how they were social distancing at mm-hmm. times, and then they weren't. Did you actually see them at the end of the game? Uh, everybody put their elbow out, but at the end, of it, they were all, like, fist-bumping, hugging, and stuff hugging. like that. They had their arms over each other. walked up to Arteta and, like, gave him a wee elbow, and then two seconds later, he was patting him in the back yeah. and saying, well, meet you up with for a wine or something like that, do you know what I mean? It's madness. I just, I think, I think there comes a point, right, where they've got to say, now, I hate allowing footballers to kind of do what they want, but I feel like there comes a time where you have to just go, well, when it comes to football, social distance rule doesn't apply. Because there's no point in saying it applies when they're doing stuff like this, you know? The only sport that would be able to have social distancing is cricket. Oh, no, I'd say oh. golf and tennis. Right, but we've got four then. <laughs> so, in the Aston Villa game, um, the goal line technology. Oh, oh, mate. Clear goal. It was a clear goal. The guy walked into the net with it. <laughs> but, at the same time, it was quite difficult for... like Obviously, I don't know, there was cameras or something in the goal and they were all obstructed by the guy getting pushed and then the other yeah. player in the goal post and stuff like that. But then... What I don't understand is, we've got in goal line technology, this has ever happened since what the World Cup, I'm not going to mention the England-Germany game because we'll touch too many buttons, but that's when that came about, right? so there's been 900 games, 9,000 games since that game, and goal line technology has been bang on every single time. Yeah, apart from no this way, one. But no way. with this VAR thing that's came about, I hate the word, I hate what it stands for. Oh, we hate VAR. That, that... Surely that could go like Wait, press the big red button. Aye. No, that's the thing. Because obviously they all instantly looked at the referee, um, Michael Oliver, and were kind of like looking to him to see, is this a VAR decision? Because in that situation, if there's an obscurity to the goal line technology, VAR should be a control. And for some reason, 
they weren't. But what is worse about this situation, and I know exactly what you're going to say, the very fact after the game uh, that they came out and went, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that's it just was our bad. That's, oh. just, that's just rubbing salt in the wind. Like, yeah, we, we know it's your fault. You do not need to come out publicly and say, yeah. oh, that was my fault. I tell you what, what? though, and, and this is, I think it was uh, Jamie Redknapp said that after the game, which I 100% agreed with. Sheffield United are in a situation where they're pushing possibly for the Champions League if, if City don't get um, their ban over over um, um, overturned. Is that the word? I don't know. But yeah. they're in a situation where they could, they're basically competing with Chelsea, United and Wolves for that position. If they had got those three points, so, they would have went above all of them. Except from Chelsea, I think. But um, is Liverpool still in the FA Cup? I'm not too sure if they are, because I'm pretty sure if they're still in the FA Cup and they win the FA Cup, they're not. Oh, they've got knocked out by Chelsea. That's shit. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, wow. So I actually you know, thought you were buzzing. being serious there until you said that. <laughs> no. Um, what I'm buzzing about, right? See if they do bring this virtual season ticket back in Scotland, which I'm absolutely bored about. I am buzzing for the first old firm game. I am buzzing because I will not listen to the wee. Green Brigade or the Union Bears doing a wee chants and all that over the sky news. I am listening to Scott Brown shout at every single one of these Celtic players. I'm buzzing for that. I can't no, that wait. was weird because see the entire the, the two games for the Premier League. I was I, I turned it on a couple of times and I really thought we were going to hear like Jack Grealish or something like that, like you're swearing and stuff yeah. like that. I, I'm pretty sure the Bruins a bit of a swearer on the pitch as well from what I've heard. So like. It was really weird. It was good to have it back, but it still just felt weird. That's kind of how I felt about it. Um, what I did like was, I, I listened to the first Man City half with right. the fans, and it was fake, obviously, because yeah. the had doesn't make that much noise. And no, I went I mean, the second half, and I listened to Pep Guardiola, and I was honestly thinking about how many times he says, pass, pass, pass. That's all he says, mate. I don't think he understands any other English word I've said from pass, pass, pass. That's all you could hear him say was pass, pass, pass. Uh, yeah, but like, I know what you mean by the, um, I was like joking with my dad, obviously. Obviously I'm joking, but like with it, when it was like, there was like a chant, I said, we love you, Sutu, we do. I was like, that would never, you'd never hear that in the Etihad. It was just weird, man. It was very weird, but, Glad to have it back, but yeah, that's basically the big news, uh, sports news for this week. Um, uh, obviously, oh, as, uh, as we're recording this, the games haven't played on the Friday night. Uh, Spurs and United, Andrew, will you be tuning in to watch that? I, I'm in tu- I'm, I've literally told my whole family to play out the living room. I'm sitting in my arse watching this. But I've seen something, um, it was Gary Lineker tweeted last night. And I don't, I didn't know how to take. He obviously done it as a joke, right? But I don't know how to take the joke because he said he tweeted saying, obviously with this whole black place matter and all that, all the the players took any and all that. Um, Gary and they had on the back of it saying everybody replaced their name with black place matter, then the number below them. Then um, Gary Lineker went like that. I've got a tenner first goal scorer, black place matter. And I didn't know how to take that. I, I, like, I, I can see where he was trying to go. It was that classic kind of Gary Lineker sense of humour, but I don't think it was maybe well placed. Nah, that's a defo's chucked off the walkers adverts. 
Oh, right. Anyway, anyway, do you want to give us some? Uh, what else is going on? We'll quickly touch on it before we cap off with your fun fact of the week. Uh, so golf started back. Uh, yes, it did. Last so week. End. Um, buzzing to see a couple of men, but pot like a one-inch ball inside a hole. Come on, I do like golf to be fair. Um, women's golf is back next August. Obviously. That's quite interesting. I don't. I've never watched women's golf. Have you? Uh, I I haven't. I I mean, it's not like not like I've, I have a problem with it. I just haven't ever watched it. <laughs> um, because the only the only ones that I actually properly watch is the Masters, the Open, the British Open, and FedEx. That's all, only really all, golf. I watch. All, all the all the majors. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of the same. Especially the Masters. The Masters is one of the most exciting. Things to watch. The Ryder Cup as well. I'm gutted about the Ryder Cup not happening. Totally gutted. Well, that might happen. I'm not sure what they're actually going to do. But the whole good thing about the Ryder Cup, and you, you are going to agree with me here. When you actually what, even though you're watching it on television, the the atmosphere that they they actually hear during the Ryder Cup is amazing. So yeah. Also, there's no fans that are allowed in there um, as well. So I don't know if I'm going to get like a wee commentary of a wee fat American guy sitting in the corner saying get in the hole every time somebody hits a shot get in the hole <laughs> um, Fury Joshua is confirmed for 2021 yes. that's a good British fight where is that yeah. actually getting played? Not um, played. Haven't, I have oh. not confirmed but like Eddie Hearn and obviously everyone involved in it has said that they want it to be like a 60,000 capacity stadium for it which is incredible for a boxing match see if it's um, like Vegas or something like that get it in Wembley that's what I see. Well, they, 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 uh, honestly, do you know what? They, they should fight in the UK. It's a UK fight. They shouldn't be fighting in the US. They should be fighting in the UK. Um, I think it's really good. There'll be two fights. So if you want my honest opinion, Andrew, this is how I see it. I would give Fury the edge. However, I'm, going for, I'm going for both teams to score. First half, um, three fights, <laughs> one each. Score draw, right? I actually, honestly, Andrew, this is how I, I honestly think one of them will win a game. Uh, one, uh, one of them will win a match each. I think with enough prep time, Joshua is the kind of person that can beat anyone. I really do well, believe that with enough prep time. Yeah, but I think you can say the same about Fury. <laughs> it's good for boxing. Um, it's good for golf. Oh mate, I'll definitely be watching that. I don't watch a hell of a lot of boxing matches, but like this is just—I mean, it's an incredibly great fight. Any fight that Fury's attached to automatically becomes more interesting because it's him. Uh, and I do—I'm a big fan of Anthony Joshua, so it's one of those fights. I don't think I'll be really disappointed who wins. Um, uh, at least both of the matches, but super excited about that. So. That's what's going on with that, so we've just given you a wee update on that. Uh, Newcastle's new £350 million takeover bid from American-based TV company Clear TV. What is... What, what's, what's, where's Newcastle came from? Did they just, like... Do you know what they've done? Do you know what they've done, right? Let's buy a football company. Let's buy a football team, and they've got a dartboard, and then they've just got a picture of the English league. English map just started throwing darts at it. I just right here, right? Okay, I I know what you mean, right? It's a bit out there, but Newcastle have a pretty good history attached to them. They've got a very, very loyal fan base, and they have went through years of turmoil with an owner. So I don't think it's that bad an idea for Newcastle to be a target. And with that being said, though, I am astonished at this like 
battle to own Newcastle. Like, I never saw this coming at the turn of the year. It's, it's pretty much like, what was it, Saudi Arabia was the last one, wasn't it? Um. Yes, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so it was Saudi Arabia um, prince that wanted to buy them, and now this American CEO for Clear TV wants to buy them. It's madness. Um, he, wants um, it, he wants it done before the uh, the start of the next season, mate. Well, that's what I don't understand as well. Because um, when is the next season going to be? <laughs> not even the, they're not even announced that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? They're going to start it in December because. Uh, they've got the after the after the Premier League finished um, they're doing a 12 day in August a 12 day knockout tournament for Europa League Champions League um, and then after that Celtic have got well sorry not well, yes yeah, Celtic have got the Champions League but um, it's only one leg one qualifier knockout to see if you get in the like Champions it's... League because I saw a funny joke in, um, about Barcelona and somebody was like, oh, well, that means Barcelona will probably win it now. Because see the amount of times Barcelona over the last couple of years win the first leg and then they get beat in the second leg. Yeah. But I, I, I just... Obviously, yeah, I understand why they're doing it, but... It's a bit weird, man. I don't know if it'll be the same. No, well, what I would do, personally, is instead of saying, say Celtic draw... Who's our favourite? Rosenberg, right? For the tenth time this year. Why don't you just play it in a country that's like play it in Norway? So it's a neutral ground for both teams. Obviously, mm. there's not going to be any fans at it, so mm. it gives teams a better edge because if you play it in Celtic Park, you play it in Rosenberg, they're going to get an advantage somewhere or another. I don't know if yeah. it would work out. But I think you would need to do it. To be fair to both teams, you would need to put it in a neutral venue. Um, it's not a bad idea. Because when you think I, about I, it... I should be the next Neil Doncaster, by the way. <laughs> I just, when um, you think about it, a neutral grounds it has actually been discussed, not at great length, however. I think they were talking about doing that in the SPFL next season, but I don't, I don't really know where they're going with that. They haven't really said much more. But... I actually do agree with that because it's not really fair to have one, you know, one game and, and it to be played in one of the home team stadiums. It just doesn't seem right. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree that would actually be not a terrible idea. Yeah, uh, and the last bit of news is Scottish football news. Um, and Budge, Budgie's died. Um, we are the. Figuration of the the league, um, they went what they wanted sixteen teams just so Hearts could stay up, yeah. um, and that was quickly put to the back. That's what they get for playing rubbish all all season. Well, I don't know why they've got like this big, like a lawyer team and all that behind them. Like them in party castle, we, do not play rubbish the whole entire year, and you won't yeah. be in this situation. I gave you a phone last night about this, and immediately the both of us pretty much were the exact same on it. Yeah, okay, if you're a Hearts fan, it, it, it sucks because there is every possibility, every possibility maybe, that if it came back normally, there was a good chance that you could somehow escape relegation, somehow. But with that being said, it's the way it is. You just put yourselves in that position to go down. You just have to just deal with it. Partick Thistle, the exact same. And what I sympathise with 
if that had went, if this goes through, or if this, I don't really know. I haven't followed it that much. Like I said, I've been busy this week, but I'd feel most sorry for Dundee United. They ran away with the championship, so Do you know they what? absolutely deserve to be in the premier uh, premiership. What I don't understand is Hearts' main point is if buts and maybes we win all these games. Aye. Now, listen to this way, right? If Mullerwell win all their games and Celtic and Rangers lose all their games, Mullerwell would be prem- uh, champions. So what? Does that mean Mullerwell's going to come out and say, lawyers, li- listen, yeah. if we won all our games and Celtic and Rangers lost all their games, we'd be champions, give me the champions money. It just it doesn't. I don't understand. This is what you get for playing fairly poor football um, throughout the season. And at the end of the day, it comes down to Anne Budge because she had Craig Levine in that job for way longer than he needed to be. Mm. The things he done for that club was absolutely literally and has put them backwards on the back foot the whole entire season. That new manager they got in grinded one good result from the whole time he's been there and that was against Rangers the rest yeah, of them absolutely I, 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 I mean I don't even think he got given a fair enough chance as well but like I thought it was a gamble bringing in a fairly unknown person but like Levine you know what I mean my thoughts on Levine I'll never forgive Levine for playing uh, a, 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 when he was Scotland manager when they played uh, no person nine up at the front, back. and he played nine at the back, and f- what was it, four in the middle, or something like that? It was just mm-hmm. the most ridiculous. Ah, uh, 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 sorry, I don't remember. All I remember is there was no, he didn't have a striker on the field, and that is the most criminal looking thing I've ever seen in my life. It embarrassed me. Mourinho wouldn't even do that. No, even Mourinho wouldn't do that. I mean, that is that is literally parking the bus. That's setting up a wall over the goal, and just going nah. And do you know what? I think we still get beat that night. Uh, probably but, uh, so yeah so that I mean that's a small update with the SPFL if you if you care to know about that uh, I guess we'll just move on to the last uh, segment Andrew so thank you very much for joining us on the this week's episode next week we'll include a mental health spot you know we like to talk about mental health here on over the podcast and we might even have a special guest joining us to talk about some mental health uh, issues in today's world and stuff. And we will be covering some, as, as usual, sport headlines, major news. And that pretty much covers what we'll be doing next week. So again, thank you for listening. I've been Aidan Gobride. I've been Andrew Ritchie. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.